long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. The Imperial Presence was gathering in the Outer Rim territory of New York, where an ambitious young Sith named Spectre was honing his dark skills. Across the galaxy from the Republic capital of San Francisco comes a glimmer of hope. A rebel general with her stuck-up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder of a smuggler bringing you Heroes 101 Radio. Yes, indeed. It's me, it's Spectre from New York, and uh, as ever with my co-host from the West Coast, the lovely rock and roll. And uh, on the soundboards tonight, uh, sorry about the uh, scruffy-looking thing, it's uh, it's our good friend Nightbug. How are you doing, people? What a piece of junk. <laughs> I deserve doing, that. Doing really well. I like that. That was a... Uh... Except, was it here, or was the intro, did it sound like it was on a little warped record or something? What yeah, I don't know what happened. I, I I think some uh, resolution was lost in the conversion. So yeah. I blame iTunes. Yeah, blame iTunes, because don't screw up my Star Wars intro. Okay? Actually, I, I blame Disney. Don't they, blame Disney. They probably, no, they probably know it's their music, <laughs> so they probably planted something in there to make it screw up on purpose. Whatever. There you go. Whatever. <clears throat> so uh, we are Heroes 101 Radio. We are the initiative. We're a group of, uh, for want of a better word, we we get regularly labeled with uh, real-life superheroes, which is uh, kind of a crazy thing. But we're we're just a bunch of uh, community activists who do a, a load of work around homeless outreach, free self-defense seminars, needle pickup patrols, public safety work, and, uh, you know, whatever we can to uh, lend our hand to a good cause. Uh, but... Tonight is all about Star Wars, and you know what, Rucker? I kind of feel like it's been all about Star Wars. <laughs> Everything's been all about Star Wars, if not forever, then at least for the last few weeks, right? Oh yeah, there's there's nothing else. If you were, I know we usually talk about you know what our our past and and uh, future events going on with the initiative, um, but as far as I'm concerned, there there has been nothing. There is nothing for the next few weeks except Star Wars. Um, so in case you didn't know that Spectre and I are complete and full-on Star Wars nerds, fans, whatever you want to call us, you know now, and if it's going to drive you crazy, peace! But, you know, if you're like us, welcome! (laughs) Because that's what we're all about today. And you know what, talking about uh, everything being about Star Wars, I spoke to my dad in the UK on Sunday, and and I have to apologize to him in advance for this story if he's listening in, because uh, I love him to bits, (laughs) but... He, and he said to me, uh, he said, there's been this whole craze going on in, in, in England at the moment. Everyone's going mad about the new Sky Wars movie. <laughs> and, uh, you know, <laughs> the part where Luke finds out that Darth Vader's his father and he's, no, it can't be true. I was, that was me. That was me on the end of the phone. Wow. Sky Wars. Come on, man. Sky Wars. That's awesome. I, I, anyway, I'm sorry. Um. And what prompted this is, I mean, we're we're really bad. I mean, uh, Nightbug and I finally got married last year, and and we had a Star Wars wedding. Um, yeah, you know, uh, my father's no longer with us, so we had uh, Darth Vader walk us walk me down. I have you way. now. That's right, and that's my daddy. Darth Vader's my daddy, and uh, I did have a, a Sith Lord accompanying us, though, and that would be my co-host Spectre. Pretty freaking awesome. And then we had the 501st, the Mandalorian Mercs, <clears throat> and one other person showed up to wow my guests, our guests, and, and that person's with us tonight. So, um, 
I don't know. Do we want to go there and bring them on yet, or did you have more you wanted to say before we just dive on? No, in? let's okay. uh, let's let's save the preamble and get into some Star Wars. Let's introduce our um, uh, our guest of the night. Okay, there. Um, good because you know I really want to talk to him because I I I saw it again last night. I snuck out bug and I I saw it again last night. So that's two in two days. I'm trying to make it you know like ten times in ten days, but unless I can get a little too late showing tonight, I don't know if it's gonna happen tonight. But uh, this guy is the head instructor and founder of one of our favorite things to do whenever, God, whenever we get the chance to get out there. Um, it's the Golden Gate Knights Lightsaber Academy. And um, that would be the esteemed Alan Block. Woo! <laughs> you can't see, but I'm good luck. You're going to need it. <laughs> I'm sorry, did you say you're blushing? Yeah, you can't see him. I'm blushing. Thank you for the awesome okay. introduction, Rock. Yes, the bug we're done. I'm going to drop the microphone now. Peace. See, we did it. So, <laughs> um, But, yeah, we, uh, we first heard about you when we were going to – we decided we didn't want to do some lame-ass uh, first dance for our wedding. We wanted to do something different, and, you know, um, it's getting to be more and more mainstream, but we wanted to learn how to properly wield a lightsaber and to learn some choreography. And from the very first class, I think the very first class had, oh, God, what was his name? He was amazing. He was one of the guys who worked with the team that worked with Ray Park, actually. Um, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, uh, and he came in and, and helped teach us. What was his name? He's great. And he did wushu stuff, and I think I came in late right. that one. Remember? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, anyway, came in and I thought, oh, we're gonna see a bunch of nerds coming in. Well, yeah, of course we're all nerds, but um, you know, just kind of swinging at each other and hitting each other with a lightsaber. No, I mean from from the first moment we get in there, we do exercises, stretches, warm ups, and then it's it's serious fun. You know, if you can put those yeah. two, it is serious fun you guys know what the hell you're doing it's if i were to put any other item in your hand like a a sword or you know uh well any type of sword i feel like you guys could seriously kill someone um oh yeah you know we we do use uh real martial techniques but you know with uh you know or principles i would say the techniques are have been changed you know for the theatrical you know stage combat performances and whatnot but, you know, in order to look the part, you definitely have to incorporate a lot of the same sort of, you know, techniques that you would find in martial arts. I believe that the person that uh, was instructing the class when you guys came was uh, uh, Sifu Emilio, Coach Emilio uh, Alpanescu. He's a, he's a fifth-degree wushu master, and he trains people uh, at the Olympic level in wushu. He's uh, an incredible individual, and we're so fortunate that uh, he was able to come into class. That was really what's awesome about I, – I have to say our class is a little bit subversive in a way because <laughs> we use something incredibly geeky like Star Wars as a way to teach individuals um, fitness, you know, um, to teach them how to do, you know, r you know safe uh, stage combat, theatrical combat, rather than just hitting swords and potentially injuring each other. Um and uh, all around, just like kind of get into what it means to be a performer, um, an actor, 
Uh, and, then, and then farther down along the way is when uh, people really want to get serious. They start building their own lightsabers and their costumes. And so there's a lot of interesting sort of avenues that open up uh, to a person in our class. Um, Star Wars is just almost like a, a theme or a veneer over a large sort of field of interesting you know, skills and activities that one can do uh, within our class. You know? Oh, yeah. And, you know, um, uh, instructor, you know, Amelia was just so much fun. And, mm-hmm. you know, just watching him. In fact, I still have some video from that very first class. It just it blew me away and it made me miss. Ray Park. <laughs> it really did. Because, yeah. you know, yeah. say what you want. The guy the guy has some moves. And I think I think half of us were just infatuated um, with Darth mm-hmm. Maul at the time. So, you oh, know, yeah. that yeah. guy was amazing. His physicality was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible yeah. physicality. Absolutely. Um, but we've so, got, yeah. you know, we mm-hmm. got to ask you, how did you, because, you know, if people want to know, how did you start this? I mean, why did you start this other than, hey, I was a big fan? You know, what made you want to want to do this in the first place? Um, you know, uh, the, the, there's uh, like quite a few reasons. I think probably the, the biggest one was that I saw a lot of uh, fan groups out there that were involved with the cosplaying aspects and the sort of the trooping and kind of, you know, basically making really awesome appearances, but rarely did I see awesome performances, um, actual, you know, lightsaber battles that were happening. Um, I was also inspired uh, by another group called the New York Jedi um, out on the East Coast. In fact, uh, Flynn Michael, the founder of the New York Jedi, um, you know, that which started about 10 years ago, actually has been coming out to our classes now and uh, has been helping out in the instruction um, since he just moved out here to California. So with that sort of inspiration, I went and then uh, sought out a teacher who I found in uh, this man, Matthew Caruto, who had done these amazing lightsaber performances called The Balance of Power. He'd come from a theater background where, you know, he, he learned stage combat and he knew how to put together a show. Uh, he's a huge Star Wars fan. He built all his own lightsabers, and he wanted to create this sort of two-to-force. Like ten people out on stage at the same time, all battling each other simultaneously. And if you ever get the chance to look it up in YouTube, uh, I definitely recommend it. It's an incredible show. So I saw that, and then I sought him out, just like uh, perhaps Ray sought out Luke. Uh, spoiler <laughs> alerts. Uh-huh. Spoiler alerts. We're getting into spoilers, right? We can talk about spoilers oh, right now. This we're, is, uh... we're hella spoiling the crap out of you, so yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. This is a spoiler spoiler zone. Okay. So, yeah. um, so I mean, a big part of The Force Awakens is, like, where the hell is Luke, right? So uh, I went and sought him out, and uh, we he taught me, like, this really great two-hour class. And I walked away really thinking, man, we can make this into a class for adults. He had been mainly teaching uh, kids as a sort of a supplement to his fencing instruction. Um, but knowing the people in San Francisco and how creative and geeky and goofy and physically sort of active, I don't know, San Francisco has a lot of people who are interested in fitness, yoga, you know, Pilates, all these things are going on all the time. It seems like everyone is part of a rock climbing gym or doing, you know, MMA or something like that. Uh, I thought I could really sort of tap into that in a way and create a successful class. Um, and sure enough, you know, here we are four and a half years later uh, with the new movie out. Uh, 
membership is uh, better than ever. Um, we've been getting a lot of media attention. We just uh, did these really great performances as sort of uh, part of a, the huge lightsaber battle that happens on uh, the 18th, um, the release date of uh, Star Wars uh, The Force Awakens. We had a world record uh, population of lightsaber wielders out there. And, yeah, it just keeps on getting better and better and better. Wow. <clears throat> I'm I'm trying not to hog up the... When, when you don't have your co-host in the same room with you, you can't tell if he's about to say something. So if you hear me hold back for a second, it's just that I'm going, <laughs> does my my favorite specter want to jump in on this? Oh, man. So, you know, I, I really did. I, I wanted to say, you, you mentioned about building your own lightsaber, and, and, I, and I was lucky enough to come along. Actually, I came along to the Golden Gate Knights, but, Alan, you weren't there at the time. There was a, another instructor um, probably a year and a half ago now, I guess. And uh, mm-hmm. um, I actually brought a colleague from Glasgow who was, uh, who, who had trained for years and years in uh, Eskrima in Filipino stick fighting. And, um, mm-hmm. and he was just... Uh, and and he he kind of came in extremely mm. skeptical, expecting it to be very geeky, and and he he absolutely loved it. We had we had an absolute blast. Um, yeah, I walked out of it just obsessed with how great the real lightsabers were. You know, I mean, I say real lightsabers. Obviously, they're <laughs> they're not they're not real lightsabers, <laughs> but they are. You know, they're a, they're, they're not like a force effects you know thing that's going to snap if you hit it on something. They're they're extremely solid. Um, yeah, really, you know, they they could be used as a real weapon in in my eyes. Um, Actually, they could be definitely. Yeah, they're they are made with uh, polycarbonate blades, aircraft uh, grade aluminum. Um, they're really tough. I, I've gotten a number of bruises over errant swings. It could tell you that much. Yeah. And, you know, I came away obsessed, and I, and I was actually looking to buy one from the class, but then I found that you couldn't fly with them, and the, the TSA are really stringent. You know, you know when I was looking really? at them, I heard that the TSA actually, the same the same month in San Francisco, um, removed Peter Mayhew, the guy who obviously played Chewbacca. They removed his walking cane uh, because it was painted like a lightsaber. And I'm thinking, oh, seriously, they're never going to let me through with this thing that basically lo- looks like a pipe bomb with a tube stuck on the end of it. So, uh, um <laughs> So I I've actually away. been I able to do it, and, and it was really basic. And uh, and I, I then went through for for pretty much a year a journey of buying random bits and pieces off of various websites and building my own lightsaber. And you know, going oh, wow. from knowing nothing about electrical <laughs> electrical work at all, never soldering a thing in my life. And it was a great project. It was a great learning experience, and I came out with you know a, a really good lightsaber at the end of it. So. Uh, you know, even for me as a as a martial artist who who's been kind of I guess interested in the you know less about theatrics and more about real martial arts, it, it was still a really really inspiring class for for a lot of reasons, and I, I'd highly recommend it. Yeah, that's awesome. You've you've totally taken your first step into a larger world ah. with building your own lightsaber, right? You, that's you great. You beat me by two seconds. I was going to say that. <laughs> you had me by one. You got to be quick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, so if, if this is, I remember seeing you the first time I actually saw you because we were looking you up. I saw you guys on, you and Matthew on Anderson Cooper Live. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Back in yeah. 2012, they flew us out into the East Coast uh, to be on their show. That was yeah, an amazing can, experience. Yeah. You can still see it on uh, on YouTube. I just watched it the other day. It was insane. It was, you guys were going off on that. So, um Check that out. Yeah. You guys have to You can see it. Anderson Cooper with uh, Yoda ears on and yeah. kind of going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do I can. Yeah. 
<laughs> now, now, before we get into the spoilers um, and talking about that, I mean, now wait, wait, I gotta ask you real quick. Last time I talked to you, I'd already seen it four times. So, oh my god! Is it still four, or has it gone up? I've uh, seen it five times now. Jesus. Okay. And hope, All right. That's hopefully, it. Six, that's it. hopefully a sixth time after the show. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking I'm going to go for my third time maybe tonight after the show. So, uh, yeah, yeah, my my son doesn't have to wake up early tomorrow. You know, there's no school right now. So I can stay up as late as I want. Um, but is there another Lightsaber Academy? I know that, and, and by the way, Master Flynn, if you're listening, that guy is a lot of fun. And, and may I say, Really, really good at karaoke, as are you. That's that's <laughs> insane. I never, you know, who would think that? Because when you walk into the class, you're dressed like a Jedi. You know, it's it's oh, like yeah. you could you could easily walk onto the set and be brothers with, uh, especially when you had your beard and such. You know, be brothers with Obi Wan. Um, yeah, the Jedi beard. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, and then when you guys came out to do karaoke with, I was like, what the hell? That's that's really fun. So, hey, I yeah. want to jump in there as well and ask, because, you know, there, there was this whole thing in the UK when I was, I don't know, probably 15, 20 years ago, where uh, as a bit of a gag, um, one of the, the, the really popular breakfast radio show hosts um, told people that, you know, in in the next census, if if they weren't particularly religious, uh, they should put Jedi as their religion on their census form, and it became <laughs> such a, a a big thing, and and, and it was just banded around everywhere. And so many people wrote Jedi on their census form that the Jedi was actually recognised as an official religion in the UK because so many people <laughs> actually wrote it down. Um, and, and, you know, I know most of us probably don't believe in, you know, the powers of telekinesis and telepathy. And yeah, I'm sure people out there do and, and great if they want to. But, uh, I mean, how much of this, the whole, I guess, that maybe not necessarily the Jedi religion, but um, at least the kind of mindset and the Jedi way of thinking comes across in, in your classes? Sure. So, uh, I mean, just taking a step back and, and just looking, you know, that all the Jedi, you know, stuff that came from Star Wars was all derived from, you know, modern religions, you know, Eastern religions and philosophies. Um, you know, this is, there's also a lot of this sort of interest in Eastern philosophy at the time. Um, so, so that's, um, you know, in talking about different uh, sort of activities and pursuits that one can sort of be inspired Um um to to actually pursue uh you know one of them is actually looking at the roots of what you know might be considered the jedi philosophy right you know you have joseph campbell who had been helping out george lucas and joseph campbell made these incredible contributions in cultural anthropology and also in just you know understanding of religions uh through his books um the here with a thousand faces and whatnot and the introduction of the mono myth and thinking of like you know, these mythological elements, you know, that inform our own morality. Um, you know, and of course, you know, the Jedis are seen as, they're, they're essentially kind of, uh, you know, Knights Templars in a way, right? You know, they, they've taken a vow of, you know, the old Jedi Order to even take a vow of chastity. Uh, you know, they seem to have some sort of divine powers. They wield swords, you know, they take part in military, you know, activities. Um, and uh, they're definitely kind of, attached to the government at the time, right? Um, 
it's actually even funny if you, if you kind of look at the parallels between the Knights Templar and, and the Catholic Church. Uh, they, they, they also uh, have the same similar downfall uh, later on as well. Um, so in the class, though, I mean, th- we don't get super serious about Jediism. Um, I think, uh, you know, just in sort of looking at the roots of what the Jedi philosophy were, I consider a lot of the Jediism very just sort of derivative, um, you know, not really a cobbling of different sort of traditions and themes. Um, I mean, it's awesome that, you know, I, it's, it's good that people, you know, beliefs, uh, you know, find their own belief structures and things like that too, but I don't want to make any, you know, delusions about, you know, is this real, is the force real, and that sort of stuff. Okay, um, really, the ancient weapons are no match for a good blaster at your side, kid. <laughs> Right? Yeah, I, 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 would, I would seriously, uh, you know, if we're talking about real-life stuff, I mean, even if the horse was at your side, I'd still, uh, you know, um, hesitate if a person brought out a blaster, right? Uh, so until the time that a student are, can start performing telekinesis and stand on one hand and start lifting up rocks around them and that sort of stuff, I'm going to be very, very skeptical about any sort of Jedi religion or, you know, real religion. Um, However, uh, there are still some really great things that one can introduce into our class um, that the Jedi do. Um, The one thing, of course, is uh, just in the entire um, espousal of being virtuous, right, to each other, um, to, you know, in order to create, like, a really nice classroom dynamic, you know, we we want to, you know, uh, really treat each other well. And I think um, the sort of the chivalric qualities of the Jedi Knight um, are a great example of how to conduct oneself. So we try to really say, like, yes, you know, we need to, you know, help each other out, be compassionate, you know, be just, uh, be merciful, um, you know, not not to be quick to judge um, and uh, just really help each other out, you know, and the entire, like, you know, uh, apprentice or Padawan to master sort of relationship is also a great uh, sort of analog within um, our class where we have people training each other and helping each other out, you know, trying to um, not, you know, ha- have a contest, so to speak, of who's better, but, like, let's see how we all can come together and uh, help each other out and create something really, ma- really amazing. Um, the other thing that we like to do, of course, uh, you know, is you know, encourage people to build their own lightsabers. The Jedi, of course, build their own lightsabers. It's a very personal act. Um, so, when you know, we have our sort of training sabers around uh, for people to kind of, like, figure out what they want to use. But we definitely say, like, hey, you know, if you want to get into it. And, uh, you know, Spectre, just like what you did, you know, you ended up, building your own lightsaber and I think that's great you know it's a it can be it's a creative act it's a it's a truly true creative act when you kind of create your own tools right that you're using and really feels like you know you're that that weapon is indeed yours you know I think that's a it's a really cool powerful thing um a person can do and that we can help out uh the last thing um of course that we do and actually the last thing we do in class is our is our meditation um of course there's been a lot of uh you know, studies done on how meditation is so beneficial in one's life, you know, it reduces stress, um, it can bring more focus and clarity, um, all sorts of really, really great positive things. And of Jedi, of course, do meditation, so we introduce meditation at the end of class. We have our own sort of Jedi mantra 
uh, or oath or whatever you call it, call it. Um, that I think really sort of illustrates that sort of mindset that we want to be in. And so we we do that at the end of class and have this own little sort of ceremony, so to speak. You know, ceremonies are really powerful psychological, you know, tools that one can use to bring people together and kind of create like a nice structure around things. So people, you know, see the beginning and middle and end of the class and feel a sense of accomplishment and completion. So we we definitely, you know, really thought about the class and sort of like how can we bring this all in together. I mean, the class is in itself a performance in a way, right? And just like in, uh, you know, on stage, you know, you have the, you know, the the curtain rising and falling, you have the lights dimming, you have the people clapping at the end. We want to have the class have a similar sort of feel uh, within there. And, um, yeah, so what better way to do it and sort of model it after the Jedi and make people feel like they're really uh, learning uh, what uh, Luke could have learned if he went to the Academy, right? Yeah, very cool, very cool. Absolutely, yeah, and and, and I... I think after sitting in the meditation circle with the lights low, and people don't know this, but those lightsabers balance on their own. You can put them on the ground, and we're all sitting down, so your lightsaber's in front of you, just standing there by itself with the light on. <clears throat> and then, you know, we recite the Jedi Code. It, it That really got to me, and I thought, you know, there is that honor. The whole thing just, just made you want to go out into the world and be – more noble, you know, than you were when you came in. So that, and and I've read other people's reviews after they've gone to the the Golden Gate Knights class, and and it seems like that part really does touch them, a, a lot of people. Yeah, it, it really does, and also makes for uh, a great photo too. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> does. You have all people you know, sitting in a circle with their lightsabers on and they're right? balanced and they're meditating. It looks amazing. It's really That's cool. So cool. Now, I know that we're going to have to have a whole show talking about this, about the Lightsaber Academy and about you, because I have so many questions about how you got, you know, when you it finally clicked for you and all this. But since we're splitting our time with the spoilers, I think we, we should bring up one more thing, and that is something that uh, we took part in just last week, and that would be what you mentioned earlier, the uh, world's largest lightsaber battle. Yeah, that was, that was yeah. incredible. Can you tell us so, a tiny bit about that? Because I know I haven't heard numbers yet. I've been looking on the boards waiting. Yeah, so I, I can definitely tell you about it. So that um, production was uh, a joint production between uh, New Mindspace. Uh, this gentleman named Kevin Bracken was the, the guy at New Mindspace that was helping out organizing this. And uh, Lightsaber Academy. Uh, which is the new venture that Flynn Michael of the New York Jedi has put together, this sort of uh, more of a general um, uh, sort of instruction. You know, it's not just, you know, centered in New York, but, you know, there's going to be a lot of different uh, people from all over the world who are going to be part of Lightsaber Academy, getting instructions and just sort of guidance and creating uh, classes very similar to the Golden Gate Knights. Um, the Golden Gate Knights also participated in the lightsaber battle as well. Uh, we organized the pre-party to it, so that was and that the pre-party was also the pickup point for all the sabers. And so throughout the party, we had at least two thousand people go through there and pick up their lightsabers and come and join in the festivities um, over at the Broadway Studios. Just a light, nice little eight-minute walk from the battlegrounds. Uh, we put on a couple shows. Uh, we did this thing called the homage montage, where we 
basically did reenactments of most of the lightsaber battles within the movies, within all six movies. So we nice. had the, you know, Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan versus Maul. We had the Battle of Mustafar of Obi-Wan Kenobi and the uh, recently dubbed Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker. We did the Return of the Jedi fight. Uh, we did uh, uh, Obi-Wan and Darth Vader from A New Hope. It was great. It was a great uh, medley oh. of performances. And a lot of those members had just started out, too. Um, you know, they, they just came in within the past year. They really, you know, they were practicing every single week, multiple times. We, you know, rehearsed for several hours, and the, the performance went off splendidly. It was great. Oh. It was a huge, huge audience and everything. It was awesome, and uh, we're going to be continuing to do that. So if uh, any listeners out there want us to perform for them, let us know. We'll, we can do it. Um, so, Great. yeah, uh, you know, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be great. I'm so super excited about our performance team and what we're going to be doing in the future. I'm super proud of them. So, yeah, so Golden Gate Knights, Lightsaber Academy, and New Mind Space, we put this together. We helped uh, coordinate some of the other battles that were going on in the different cities. I think all together the number that we came up with, the world record number for all the battles was 20,000 people. Yeah. 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 It was incredible. It was incredible. 20,000 people. Um, the proceeds from the, our pre-party went to the Make-A-Wish Foundation. That was really great. Um, it was just absolutely just amazing. Uh, everyone kind of coming together in the rain of all things, you know, we oh, know there dude. was going to be a high yeah. chance of rain, but yeah, I mean, that we, we didn't dissuade many people. Yeah. Now that, yeah, they <laughs> rained down in LA, rained in Seattle, rained everywhere, apparently. Man. And so, still, it made for a great battle. It did. In fact, I think it, you know, somebody told me, an artist told me, in fact, um, Vector, who is also on board. Hi there, Vector. He's sitting quietly waiting for her. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, that would be the Danimator from uh, Geek Pile Radio. He once told me that when some, when it rains or when it's a cloudy day, you tend to rem- uh, remember the event more um, because the clouds and the just everything above you tends to frame your memory and the whole experience. So, you know, just all of us braving that rain and mud in uh, Subirman Park in San Francisco, it was, I think it tied us all together. I think it was fantastic. I don't know. That sounds pretty intellectual. I don't know if that's something I'd actually say. But Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I like <laughs> to think I said that. You, you might have Yeah, been sure, I said that. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely made for a more intense experience, if anything. Oh, right. it was fantastic. It's having to be rained on. Like, you felt it. You felt, you felt the, the rain, like, just dripping on you. And, and definitely, like, the overcast and the, and the rain, I think, probably made the, the sabers illuminate just a little bit better, I'd imagine. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just a little bit brighter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I got to tell you, the saber that I bought from you, um, because I bought my saber from you. I, I kind of got right. attached to that saber during a um, practice, and um, I, it's blue. And when I brought it out to the, uh, you know, to the battlegrounds, everybody had the other purchase sabers, which were great. They were a lot of fun. But when I mm-hmm. cut up that blue one, it it almost cut a swath of light through the crowd. It was really cool. I went, whoa. <laughs> so people were walking up going, wow, cool saber. And I'm going, I know, right? This looks really good here at night. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, I'm seeing that, uh, that we have – several people on on the phones waiting to chat. So as much as I've got to wrap up the um this part of the show, I think we'll we have to just bring you on 
and and we have to do it soon, um, like within the next couple of weeks, because I've got so many more questions, and I'm sure this factor does too for you. So, uh, do you know what we we actually had a previous guest who you may know who um, is is a, a real life Batman who goes around uh, part of a, uh, a group called Heroes for Hope who go around uh, kids' hospitals and, and doing visits from really really authentic Batman, a guy called Mark Prada. Um, yeah, that's was, right, Mark. Prater. Yeah, he invented you know I guess with with someone else invented the whole uh, uh, Nova Star uh, lightsaber system. So maybe you know maybe we'll do a whole uh, a whole lightsaber show another time on that. That would be very cool. Yeah, he's he's a great great man. Um, he's even uh, taught uh, over at our class, uh, and we're going to be bringing him back in soon. Uh, he was one of the first sort of innovators of uh, the forms um, uh, that you, you see a lot of people doing online. Uh, he created this awesome shicho form uh, that people like to do. And, uh, yeah, he's been a long, long-time partner of Novastar. And then he sort of broke off and started doing this awesome Batman stuff. It was amazing. And the Heroes for Hope, it just looks so great. But he still is a, a big Star Wars fan. And so he comes out every once in a while and teaches the class. We'll be, we're hoping to have him back really soon. So, yeah, maybe uh, we can bring him on and after a class or something like that. It'll be awesome. Yeah. We, yeah, yeah. And I know I, <laughs> I know that we say we're going to do that. Yeah, we're, being the big uh, Star Wars fans that we are, we're, I know that Spectre and I are going to go, okay, so when's that going to happen? Should we do that? Can we do that next week? Can we do that next week? You know, and so we'll be bugging you right. again. <clears throat> but cool. for now, it's time to dive into... Into the fray, into just, just all things The Force Awakens related. So, you know, we've got, well, we've got several people. First of all, I, I really have to reintroduce them. We've got Danimator, who's, the reason we're having this show is because we started this conversation on their radio show, Geek Pile Radio. Um, his, he and his uh, yeah. co-host, Biff, are are big-time Star Wars fans, and um, in fact, listening to one of their past shows, you should check this one out, Alan. It's uh, it, it's amazing how much Biff predicted that actually came true. Isn't, <laughs> isn't that right, Danimator? Oh, yeah. I think Biff might be on hold, actually. I don't know if he's on there, but you could probably verify. Yeah, we, we've, we've done you know several you know shows where we just talk about the Star Wars trailer, like the one that came out on Monday Night Football, and uh, Alan, you've been on our show too, so uh, you can, yeah. you guys yeah. can check that out in the in the archives also. So cool, um, yeah, for sure. And and it, yeah, lots of you know everybody saw the trailers and would predict like, oh man, I think I think Han Solo is gonna you know uh, have his son in here, you know, any any kind of trailer, you know, talk like that. But some of the predictions yeah. were way off. But actually, Biff, yeah, he got a lot of them right. Yeah. I, I had a few predictions myself, so I'm interested to hear yours and match up. Yeah, well, sure. he definitely said that. I know Biff, I don't see Biff on hold, but he did say that Han Solo was going to die. And you know what? I, I'm i sorry, I sat there for four minutes. I'm still mourning right now. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm so pissed. I, 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 my mouth wouldn't close for at least four or five minutes. I was sitting there going, that didn't just yeah. happen. I didn't see that. It didn't happen. No, 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 you know, with the rest of the audience, because our audience was real spirited, and and I, I'm still hurt. Did you guys yeah, see that coming? You know, yeah, I did, because in a lot of uh, Harrison Ford's, like, press junkets and everything, 
he would he would make it slip and he would he would speak about Han Solo in the past tense. He was he was like, Yeah, Han Solo was my favorite character you know, like he would he would he would accidentally say it and they're like, What why is he saying things in the past tense? And so there had been a lot of speculation that uh. he was going to die. Um and and so I thought like, okay, that this is probably gonna be a thing. Um I wasn't unsure how he was going to die, but it definitely seems like very poetic that he would be uh, killed by his own, you know, son, right? That was his right. answer coming back, wasn't it? Oh, wait, hold on one second. I have uh, with me, sitting next to me right now, none of, I, I spoke his name three times, and so he's appeared magically next to me. I have Flynn, uh, Flynn Michael here from uh, the New York Yay! Jedi and Lightsaber Academy. Say hi, Flynn. Hi, Flynn. Flynn, you need to get Both. you need to get on there and and join in on this conversation because we've already talked about you and your ears probably ringing. So yeah, yeah, I think I was it. The force was summoning <laughs> him, you know, through the exactly, exactly. So, and if he wants to yeah. hear it clearly, because I, I don't know how you're listening right now, but if he wants to call in too, we'll we'll uh, um, if it's easier for him to do that so he, he can hear everybody's you know conversation, he should. We'll bring him right on. Yeah, he, sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, we're both, uh, we both have our ears in, in our, in our phones right now. And so okay. he's hearing everything that you're hearing right now too. Okay. Sweet. I got to yeah. you. Hi. Hi Flynn. Yeah. We talked about you and your karaoke and everything else. Awesome. So congratulations on, uh, lightsaber, uh, Academy and, uh, and everything else. And, and for all of us being in the giant battle world record. Woo. Thank you. Hey, Nick, uh, actually, I was sitting here. I've been working on the website and answering all these emails and uh, just the onslaught of response that we've had from all over the place about that lightsaber battle. It's just crazy. It's, it's just awesome. Everybody wants to learn more or they had a lot of fun. We're getting images sent from people. It's a lot of fun. It's so cool. And it was a, a pleasure to be able to do it with the, with the Golden Gate Knights out here and hanging out with Alan and all these guys. I I say we try to do it every year because that was too much fun and man, it's like it, it should happen more often than just you know once a year though. For me, how many oh, times yeah. did you die? How many times did I die? I died like uh I died like five times. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, thank you. We had to pull out the Wilhelm. Yeah. Yes, I did. Yeah. No, you know people. I loved it because random people would come up to you with a smile on their face and just challenge you with their and then you'd have to fight them and. You know, I always tried to go for the flourish instead of, you know, just the brutal win, and they'd always go for the brutal win. So I learned Oh, yeah. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Luke. Thanks, Luke. But, uh, you know, just, yeah. Oh, go on ahead. On a quick aside, I just, I, I want to just advertise um, something. So I, I don't know if you remember the gentleman that came to class named Tom Badillo. Um, yeah, I love but Tom. But he's, Tom. Uh, yeah. Tom is a is a great great man. You know, we're talking about you know Escrima and everything else. So he he actually trained in the Philippines and Escrima and Arnis and Kali. He also uh, has done a lot of Western martial arts: long sword, broadsword, you know, uh, sword and buckler, sword and dagger, uh, cavalry saber, lots of these things. And um, we actually had in the Golden Gate Knights a tournament, an actual sparring tournament. We we had all the protective gear and everything. Uh, it was a great time. And we were using lightsabers, and we were um, borrowing a lot from Joachim Meyer's, um, you know, treaties on the master cuts and stuff like that to create our curriculum. And it was so overwhelmingly, um, 
you know, positive and just everyone loved it, that we're actually going to create a separate class from the Golden Gate Knights that is just going to focus completely on sparring, whereas Golden Gate Knights would be on choreography. So stay tuned for that. We're calling it the Gen Sarai, um, which was a order of semi-Jedi, semi-Sith who dressed in full battle armor and went into battle with their lightsabers. Um, but yeah, you might want to try that out in the future. And uh, Spectre, if you come on up, you might also be interested in that. Oh, hell yeah. That sounds Man, amazing. Man, I would love that. Doesn't it? All right, yeah. Spectre. Yeah, we we got to get we got to get into yeah. that. Um, and Coach Tom is going to be the main instructor in that one. I love that guy. He's great. In fact, uh, uh, Sage Tiger, if you, I saw that you were on hold. We were going to bring you on, and, and you were, uh, you took classes from uh, Coach Tom too. So get back on here if you can. Um, and you know, we we see that we've got people on hold who want to talk. In fact, we're going to bring one on who should be on. Um, he is the other host of um, Geek Pile Radio. That would be that would be Sir Biff or Biff to everybody. And bring him on. Hello. There we go. Hello, Biff. Hello. Hello. Imperial troops have entered the base. Imperial troops have entered. Yeah, yeah, that would be Man, loud. I know that's Bug. He's got all these. I mean, tonight is his fun night on the board. This never end. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he loves the sound bites, but when you get him, I mean, you know, aside from me, I think he's probably one of the biggest fans I know. He has doesn't have a tattoo yet. See, I'm sorry. If you don't ink it, if you don't ink it, you know, it's not what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a reason no one in this house will play me at Star Wars trivia anymore. <clears throat> okay, you know what? He just threw the gauntlet down so any of you, any of you on there, on right now that are listening, you want to throw something out of I have you now. Yeah, stump him. Stump him. Bring, bring something out there. Well, Ask, you know. All I know is that, Biff, you had that, you had it dead on with uh, with Han Solo dying and everything. That was one of the first things you texted Bro. me. Bro, <laughs> he was on Kimmel. He was so happy. Did you see how happy he was? He might as well had a sign around his neck that said, I'm fucking dead. I mean, it was obvious, right? I mean, that was a no-brainer. Now, okay, now, let me ask you guys. You guys, okay, super fans, okay? Mm-hmm. And we haven't really talked about this, and I wasn't on the show last night. So I don't, right. I didn't, I want to know, what do you guys think? What do you give it a rating? Out of 10, 10 being perfect, what do you rate it? Well, um, you know, I, 11 for I, me. Sorry. I would, uh, <laughs> this is Alan, I would rate it, uh, for me, an 8. Solid 8. Okay. I'm with yeah. you. I'm with, I'm with Alan. Yeah. If, if yeah. Empire yeah. Strikes Back is a 10. Right. Yeah, Empire yeah, yeah I think it's going to say the same thing. For me, it's less about the rating of 1 to 10 and more about the rating of episodes 1 to 6 and how it right. stands up against those. I mean, how, how do you guys rank uh, episode 7 against the others? It's my I, fourth I, favorite. I think um, in terms of pacing, I really liked episode 7. Um, so, so I actually did the Star Wars marathon um, at the AMC Theater, we watched episodes one through six with little breaks in between in the theater, starting at 1 a.m., 
and uh, finish at 7 o'clock, you know, at night uh, that day. Yeah. Most impressive. <laughs> Thank you. I know the force was pretty strong uh, with everyone in there. I have to say it's uh, it's quite a chore to get through the prequels. Uh, thankfully, it was at 1 o'clock in the morning when they started, so you could um, potentially fall asleep. Uh, though, actually, <laughs> I, I digress. Attack of the Clones was hilarious if you uh, were in, with a crowd with a bunch of people who are just like, Stranger Danger, Anakin, you're such a creep. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was pretty bad. Yeah. Totally Anakin, creep. So, to, totally <laughs> creep. So when I was watching the originals, though, um, especially New Hope, the pacing is actually pretty slow at times. And oh, yeah. that that definitely, I think, uh, you know, and the lightsaber battles and the the, the sort of, I, I would think, a little bit more antiquated special effects now, you know, you could see it. You could definitely see it when you see Revenge of the Sith and you go into A New Hope. You could see, like, okay, this is an older film. Um, I, I right. would think that Episode 7 is definitely in the middle of the pack within the originals, right? It's got great pacing. It does it definitely feels like a Star Wars film. It feels like a sequel. It definitely has some flaws with it, uh, with some of the character development, some of the, uh, you know, lack of dramatic tension or huge introduction. Huge fucking problems. You know, huge fucking problems. You know, let, let's just throw that there. Captain Phasma, oh. man. Captain Phasma, what a letdown. She's the Boba letdown. Fett of the show, right? I, she's the Boba I, I Fett of the show. She's such she a is. Boba Fett. She does nothing but looks badass. She right? never even so fired her shit. gun, man. She no, never fired she her gun. anything. It's fucking yeah. crazy. Okay, now let me ask you this, okay? What's up with Kylo Ren being able to stop a fucking blaster yeah. bolt in midair? That is yeah, the next level shit. Like, That's what that is. It definitely felt like the, the Force did awaken, and the Force didn't only awaken, it, it like, leveled up. Like, no one was, <laughs> no one was reading minds like Vulcan mind melt and shit, you know? It's like it's really ridiculous how you know it, it, it's way more than what we've ever seen before. Which is like, yeah, the force is pretty awake in this movie for sure. Well, this yeah. is thirty years it's later, like force you know. So yeah, yeah, it's so, thirty but, years later. But Yoda so, never stopped a blaster bowl. I never saw anybody else do that. So you're saying that he's more powerful than Fear some it. of the other Jedi's that we know. Hey man, he, he was trained by a big dude, a really big dude. Oh, oh yeah. Flynn's saying Vader did. Is that Flynn saying that that Vader did? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, he stopped it with his hand. Yeah, stopped yeah. with his hand. Right. And you know, did actually but stop the like, blaster bolts. That's, that's some telekinetic, you know, place. super mojo, right? Yeah, he froze fuckers in place. Too. Well, maybe you know it's I mean? the next. Like, it's ooh. the next. It, it, it's the iteration that you know what I mean. It's like I said, thirty years. Who knows what they've been able to do, you know? And I just, oh, I yeah, like yeah. to think that it was moving forward. And the reason I give it an eleven, <clears throat> this is because I saw no trailers. I saw no nothing. I had. I wow. walked in going. I have no clue as to what you I'm. You were completely see. blind. Completely wow. blind. So when I walked in, I went, "Whoa!" You know, it's so a plot holes, be damned, all that. The pacing was great. <clears throat> you know, I, I, it, it caught me off guard completely. And the things I hoped happened, happened. So that's that's what the 11s for. But compared, if we're comparing it to the others, 
I don't know. I'm I'm a little I'm understanding of why they would want to just sort of like, hey, you know, we need to just sort of clear the clear the slate a little bit and kind of mm-hmm. like figure this one out again, you know, and kind of you know create a really nice committee of people to to manage all the things that uh, are going to be happening with the movies and whatnot. Yeah, I think that might be heretical. pretty incredible that they have a team of talk- people set up just I was to say, keep can, track of all that. Can we talk about the strengths of the movie and the weaknesses? Because I've got some thoughts. <laughs> yeah. All right, visually, first of all. it I'm was a, amazing, by the way, visually. Visually, it was, it was amazing. I loved it, yeah. Uh, no, it was gorgeous. Um, I thought the timing, the, I mean, it was, it was funny and, um, we haven't had that in a long time. It was the, the, the prequels were goofy and they were serious for the, for the kids. They were so serious, you know, but but there was, but you know, like there was no Jar Jar like element, you know, this wild card of, you know, I'm here for that. Um, (laughs) you know, you've got. You've got BB-8 who, you know, you know, kind of adds a little personality to it. But um, I like the bromance um, between uh, Finn and Poe. Like, immediately, they're, like, they're dudes, and they're, like, I like you. <laughs> you like me. You know, like, we're in this together because we're both going to die. Um, and that was, you know, like, and, and, and that felt a lot like, to me, the original trilogy, where we're, like, we're, all these random people are thrown in together, and God damn it, we're gonna get we're gonna get through this. Um, <laughs> That's right. And 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 again, it was funny. Um, you know, right right from the outset, and I've heard a lot of not after I saw the movie, I just started watching a bunch of spoiler filled you know deconstructions, and I liked everyone that seemed to agree. The opening sequence where Poe sat down in front of Kylo Ren, and he goes, "So, uh, are you supposed to talk first, or am I?" Yeah, right. Set the whole tone. Okay. Set the whole tone for the Brilliant. movie, where they're like, "Okay, that's how we're going to do this." Um, it's going to be a funny. It's going to be funny. I love yeah, it. That it's, it's, fills it's, Star Wars. That's what I loved about Star Wars is the wittiness of uh, the characters when they're talking. They're they're snarky yeah. and witty and fun. They got, a, they got they got a little swagger, you know. He's like the new younger Han Solo replacement. Um, and I hate to use that word because you know, spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Well. Yeah, he pulled um, that right from the get-go. So, <laughs> yeah. But Han Solo was way more sarcastic. I think Poe is more of a hero. You know, he, he, he's definitely friendly. He's not. He's not a solo kind of guy, right? He's a leader. Actually, leads. Well, the no, teams, he's right. right. He has purpose, unlike Han Solo in the in the original trilogy. He's a he's a grifter. He's he's there to you know move from one job to the next and stay ahead of you know whatever threat may be coming at him. You know, to try and outsmart it. But um, you know, Poe actually has you know he's got a he's got a fight he's, that he's that he's part of. So he, he's yeah. he's a believer in a That's way. That's right. I, I I have to say this though about Poe, I I didn't really feel like even though Oscar Isaac I think he did an amazing performance and made Poe into the super likable character, he was pretty one dimensional, right? You know, he didn't have any sort of story arc to him. You know, you sort of see him, and then he's gone, and then he awkwardly shows up. And I'm just thinking, like, wasn't Poe supposed to, like, try to find BB-8? Like, why did he decide to go back home <laughs> to the Resistance? It's like, is it like, you know, he says to BB-8, like, I'll come back for you, I promise. But I can just only imagine the awkward conversation he had with BB-8 
and he's like coming out of the ship and BB-8 rolls up. He's like, oh, hey, BB. Oh, yeah, sorry about that. We are on that planet all by ourselves. <laughs> I, you know, I, I couldn't find the ship and uh, I just went home. I was going to come back for you, but yeah. And Oh, shit. Oh, is, is it's, Ben it's, here? Right. He's it's, still alive? Oh, this is awkward. Hey, Ben. How's it yeah. going? Oh, you got my jacket. It's, Keep the jacket. Give please. me back Keep my jacket, jacket, you bastard. You, you know what it's like? <laughs> It's, it's you know what it's like. That. It's like it's like uh it's like driving your dog out to the middle of nowhere and then going down the street one day and seeing someone else adopted and you're like oh hey <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> exactly I th- I thought it was like I was like I wonder if Finn feels a little embarrassed by I mean Poe feels a little embarrassed by like oh shoot I totally thought he was dead and just sort of left him there and it's like but you completed my mission so go you thanks for doing my job you know yeah. <laughs> like. Keep the jacket, man. You keep the jacket. <laughs> yeah. But he, but he does. Yeah. <laughs> he does serve as sort of a, an ideal for Finn. I find, you know, like Finn, you can totally tell was inspired by Poe and his, you know, heroism, and that's why he was like, yeah, I'm a resistance fighter. Look, I got the jacket. This is what we look like. We got the school jacket. It's okay. Let me ask you guys a question. Do you think that maybe he's going to be a love interest for a character? down the road possibly well he has well, charisma yeah yeah you know and in the you know, uh, novelization the novelization of the force awakens there is a bit of dialogue between ray and poe um uh that sort of suggests that she found him attractive and they, they didn't say much it was more mm. of just an introduction of hi nice to meet you but there was definitely a line that said she she searched out the things he, she liked in his face and smiled, huh. and and so I I dun, know, there dun, might be something dun. there. Oh, see now I was thinking there might be a. Are we going to have another trilogy, you know, triangle there with uh, because I obviously have, uh, for you her, got a boyfriend. You, know? you got a cute yeah. boyfriend. Right. You got right? a boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. I think what's yeah. going to happen too is uh, Kylo Ren love is going to get a big interest. I think it was going to be a love square. <laughs> You know, oh wow! Gonna... <laughs> oh, maybe. Kylo Ren is going to be obsessed over Ray. Kylo Ren is just like I think he's going to have his little little uh, room that he keeps Darth Vader's helmet in, also plastered with pictures of Ray. Very quickly, <laughs> she's the only one who knows my weakness. She's the only person. Okay. Who he, is beat me. he is Anakin's grandson. He is Anakin's grandson. That's a good yeah. point yeah. to segue into the question is when right. they Who ask, is she? Who is she? How do, when, when, when they say how um, the the droid is with a girl, he loses his shit. Yeah. Why does that imply? Right. And in the novelization, there's even another line um, after uh, Ray defeats uh, Ren where he says, it is you. He says, it is you. There's emphasis on the is. It is you. So I think okay. Kylo Ren knows who Rey is, but whether she's related to Skywalkers or she's obviously maybe mm. like a part of the Jedi Academy that Luke Skywalker was uh, doing, you know, remains to be seen. I think it's right. probably more of the latter. I think it's it's too it's too obvious for her to be a Skywalker, you know? And I kind of want to get out of the sort of the nepotism of Star Wars in a way. Yeah. 
it, that's what I was it's thinking. All about, it's all about the obvious. Skywalker family. Yeah. I don't um, know. I, it, it, it's too on the oh. nose, though. Yeah, I, yeah. I, it would be more more interesting to have it be like, you know, like they're going to red herring with that, like, oh, it's totally Skywalker's daughter, and that's probably going to be one of the first reveals in the next movie. Like, no, I'm not your dad. And, you know, we're all going to be like, what? And then maybe it's like some Jedi kid, you know, like one of the offspring of one of the academy that he was forming. Like, maybe it's one of their children or something. Uh, that's what I that. think. I think that's, I think you got that. I think it's probably some, some you know, one of the uh, the academy apprentices there that had a child, and they knew what was happening, and they sent off her kid. <laughs> that is you. We let Flynn in, by the way. Flynn, we're sorry. We didn't realize that was you on hold, so you can chime in any time. Hey. Hey there. <laughs> but also, you guys think it's too obvious that she that she's going to be a, that if she, you know, is going to be a Skywalker? Um, I think so. Absolutely perfect, but I know, I know, that's me and my dream face. But his face, his face seemed like one of recognition, you know, um, of this girl handing it to him. So even if it was somebody that he recognized from the academy, you know, it, it's I'm I'm thinking he knows her absolutely. Maybe. Speaking of his well, face, I, I, if I can, I say speaking of his face. Oh, oh. Dude does not look like Han or Leia. I'm just saying. Oh, are you talking about Kylo? He's yeah, ugly Kylo. as hell. He's ugly as hell. <laughs> I was seeing an art show. Kylo? Kylo? Kylo he is Kylo Ren. ugly, bro. He is not, ugly. not only like a really big nose, but I don't know if anybody else noticed his wow. ears hiding behind it's his hair. They're really <laughs> big. Wow. Those ears. I, I don't even know how he gets friend. that helmet on. I have no idea how he right? gets that on, bro. <laughs> like, he can just ditch the lightsaber and fight people with his nose. Oh, you guys are hard. Yeah. Wow. wow. But there's, you know a, what? there's a black... <laughs> there's a black hole. I was really impressed. I was really <laughs> yeah. impressed with Adam Driver's performance. I think he did a great job. Of, oh, he oh, did. No, I think he, he did. did a good job. Great, great job, yeah. ugly dude. Oh, you, then again, if you look at, come on, let's be honest, I was watching, because when I came home that night, I didn't care that it was whatever time it was that we had just watched Han Solo die. We had to put on A New Hope, because, you know, when you're still in mourning, you, you want to see him again. So I yeah. looked at him from the very start, you know, and, you know, Harrison Ford is a good-looking guy in in return. I mean, in the Indiana Jones movies, but he makes some really goofy-ass faces as as Han Solo. No kidding. Go back and watch it again and look at his faces. Their nose is kind of big and off-centered. His lips are a little wonky. Um, and so, now his face is stuck that way. Yeah. Well, now his face is. Stuck. But he so looks like a nerfer. Seemed like a, a really figure. exaggerated version. Scruffy-looking one. Yeah. 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 You know what though? I I got an idea about Rand. Um, we brought it up in our little chat uh, with the Golden Gate Knights, and we were all talking about the um, uh, the headstone. There's actually a headstone next to Luke when Ray walks up and sees him on that mountaintop, right? And all of a sudden we started speculating. Well, maybe this was his wife's grave. So now you guys talked about before. Uh, where's Myra Jade? You know, where's uh-huh. Luke's wife? Well, mm-hmm. hey, you don't know. There's a whole story there that we don't know. You have no idea what happened to Kylo Ren or Ben that made him uh, 
go more towards the dark side. Maybe they told him that his grandfather was Darth Vader when he was too young. Maybe he got too obsessed with knowing that he had all that power access uh, to him with learning what his grandfather learned in the Force. Hey, if if I ever straight back, he's able to block blaster bolts with his hand. His grandson should be able to freeze one with his mind eventually, right? Yeah, that makes but don't you, you don't feel like so. Kylo Ren was kind of an inexperienced kind of Jedi type? I mean, even well, his, the his the lightsaber is... fighting was like just chopping wood. He wasn't like Darth Maul well, or anything. It, well, it, it, it didn't take a bowcaster bolt to the belly. Yeah, you know. I think I think I think that Ooh. might have contributed to his lack of finesse there, and he was just. I, I just loved how he was, like, kidding himself and trying to, like, get more pain because he was feeling right. his dark side with the pain that he was having. Right. Just, like, just trying to get in there. Yeah, I, should, I mean, if you think about all the guys... Boy, let the hate flow through you. God damn it. Well, you don't really know what kind of training Kylo had either. It's like, you know, who else does he have to play with lightsabers with? He kept on beating up the, the, the microwave in the, in the, the torture chair. And whatever <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Now okay, I took so I took him. Uh, guys, this did he yeah. beat Luke Skywalker? Then did he beat him? I don't, I don't think, think so. so. I think he probably okay. Luke Skywalker came back and saw everyone dead. I think I think I think Kylo Kylo and the Knights of Ren killed the cadets or the apprentices at the academy while Luke was gone. That had to be it because Luke is just so uber. Uber powerful. I don't see how you just let that happen. Yeah, right. Oh, no. wait a minute. No, that, that's a, that's in the vision. That's in Ray's vision. Doesn't she see a body strewn field sitting in front of uh, Ray yeah. or uh, Kylo Ren? Oh yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So right. Maybe that was it. And then in that Force vision, you know, there was also the scene of of Luke touching R two D two, and it was raining and there was a there was a fire, and I think what that was it was he was grieving and he had a funeral pyre going for the people and he was just like he was so you know beset with depression and then when he touched R2-D2 and everything and you know whatever I think R2-D2 and and Luke obviously were sharing sharing emotions there R2-D2 was in like this low power mode which essentially means he was depressed and you know by Luke (laughs) leaving and everything that happened you know I think even J.J. Abrams suggested that as well like that's why uh, R2-D2 was you know, in lower power mode, it didn't really explain it very well, but uh, I, 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 I yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, that was implied. You know, that, that he's that he, you know, his his energy comes from his, you know, his master dude. So yeah, I, I got yeah. that. That that you know, and and we knew that eventually he would power up before the end of the show. So yeah, right. I I really did. loved that last scene. I really did. That last scene was was. Uh, <laughs> I think I, a lot of people didn't like it. I know some people I talked to the other like hated it, uh, but I really enjoyed it. I thought there was just so much emotion and intensity in that close-up of Luke and just like, you know, Ray holding out the lightsaber, just like Obi-Wan held out that lightsaber to Luke and A New Hope, and it just like, and it all came flooding back to him, just everything, the, the, the weight and the immensity of just, you know, what it means to take up that saber you know, and enter into that uh, bigger world, you know? Yeah, I got to talk about BB-8 for you, Golf. How about BB-8? Now, let's see that uh, Archie Deuce has been around a long time, right? 
Would it be possible that BB-8 was actually designed and built by R2-D2? <laughs> oh, hey. Well, you know what? I, I, well, was gonna ask I am your father. I was going to ask what the stupidest <laughs> theories about this movie were that you'd heard. And I was going to joke that a nine-year-old told me recently that he thought that BB-8 was R2-D2's baby. But <laughs> no so maybe it's not the dumbest theory in the world, then. Death well, Star and R2-D2 had a baby. He went running around in Beston and the Death Star sticking his, like, you know, his data port into every, you know, available. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, um, yeah. Nice. Don't do that. Nice. Now, no. you, you know, you know the, uh, the most funniest story about the R2-D2 is he's the most vulgar, vulgar character in film history because they bleeped out every word he said. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Now well, I'm speaking of the droid language... language. Yeah, speaking of great droid language and something uh, Night Owl was touching on, is, you know, the weaknesses in, in this series. And that was one thing that really bothered me was that Ray is instantly talking to a droid. And I'm sorry, in the previous films, Luke was only talking to R2-D2 when he had a readout in front of him when he was plugged into the X-Wing. I didn't have a bunch of people talking to droids. Like, when did this happen? And, of course, Mike, you, or Bug, you, you pointed out that uh, the, the – uh, in the in the RPGs, you, you have a language option of speaking binary, but that's the only time I've ever heard of people talking, speak being able to speak droid. So I don't know if yeah. that bothered anybody else. There's, there's Ray is the Ubermensch. She's just the Ubermensch. Right. She she's just she's a genius. Everything and I, I from what I understand, it's and they don't really explain this very well, but she because that she was a scavenger. She had to understand all the like the mechanics behind all these propulsion systems and everything, so that she could always grab the most valuable thing. And then she also built that the, her speeder, which was a cobbling together of like a pod racer, a speeder, an X-wing, and all these things. And so she had this sort of intuitive understanding of electronics, and I think that just sort of like went hand in hand right. with her eventually knowing binary, so that she could understand and communicate with uh, you know right. whatever robots that she might be interacting with. Well, I'd buy right. it with see, that's her. An assumption. Yeah, see, that's an but, assumption we can all leak to as, as moviegoers and, and fans of, of the series kind of go, well, maybe that's because she works on the machinery. But that is something I think is a weakness so far in this particular film is that it is taking for granted that the audience knows all this stuff. It wasn't necessarily explained too well as a storyteller to an audience yeah. that isn't as familiar you, it's, and it's kind of like a, weak, a bit of a weakness to go. Well, the audience needs to understand that this is this is how it is. But um, you know, a yeah. lot of people may totally miss it. And like, you know, I still loved it. Don't get me wrong. I'm just uh, from, yeah. from a movie going a filmmaker point of view. I'm going. Well, that's kind of a leap to, to yeah. expect yeah. your audience to understand a lot of stuff. And there's a lot of that in this movie. But other yeah. than that, well, well, also, you know, yeah. with the droids, the droids. I mean, think about how old R2 is. He was an astromech yeah. on. Princess Amidala's, you know, Queen Amidala's, you know, flight ship, you know, her interstellar, oh, yeah. just from some random astromech droid. This is an old, yeah. old droid language. Uh, and, and, you know, of course, a lot of uh, species on the outer rim speak basic because, you know, it's the thing they can all talk. But uh, I, it, it wasn't so much a distraction for me because, you know, 30 years earlier, Luke meets R2-D2 and he just talks to him like, you know, they're just having a cup of coffee. Yeah. Yeah, but was this movie... Someone uh, was in the pod. The tracks go off in this direction. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> Does this movie 
is this movie, if you've ever seen Star Wars, if this was your first episode out, do you think that it filled the, the, filled the, the, the stomach of what they needed as far as Star Wars fans? Because this film, to me, looked like it was A New Hope and Return of the Jedi minus Ewoks and a little bit shorter. I mean, but... The, well, the, if you want to go there, I mean, this, right? is, this is something that I wanted to bring up earlier is like, when, now that we're talking about the cons of the film, uh, this was New Hope, pace for pace. I mean, we got to the part where they're all on the un, unnamed, you know, base uh, where now General Leia Organa is planning their next attack. And what is it on? A third fucking Death Star. It's just a planet. And I was like, like, oh, we're going to fly in and attack this one thermal port? Haven't I seen this movie before? And right then, that was the moment where I was just, that was the weakest moment for me when I turned to my my girlfriend. I was like, wait, what? What? (laughs) Are they they (laughs) serious? I mean, like, it's been 30 years, and they didn't think, oh, let's improve on this design by making it bigger. <laughs> you know, a piece of plywood I mean, yeah. over it. Not, not only that, off. I mean, the, the, I think that, like, the, just the introduction of the Starkiller base was completely, like, undramatic. It was just, like, all of a sudden, cut scene, and then you see a big planet with the fucking thing in there, and you're just like, wow, they couldn't they... You know, I was hoping that it was going to be a planet. And then yeah. some, like, crazy moment, General Hux, while he's giving his, like, Nazi-like Hitler speech, the, the planet's going to crack open to reveal this, like, death beam, and it's going to be That's like, wow, this is awesome, you know? And, like, exactly. they wouldn't have had any pictures in any of the trailers or anything or in the posters. Right. And it was going to be like, oh, my God, they built the super, you know, Death Star or whatever it was right. that could kill anything from across the galaxy. Cool. I can get yeah, on you still, that. To, you still have to wait for it to come around and, and like literally make a twenty-four yeah. hour cycle before you can refire it again, because yeah, it yeah. has to come as a as a point at you in the sky. Oh, and then right. it sucks dry a sun. Yeah, and it has to okay. be near a sun. It doesn't explain yeah. it either. So did they have I mean, to like, yeah. suck every single star, or then do they go to the next place and have to suck up well, another star? Yeah, and if I, that's I, the case, actually, how do they find it? You know. Well, it was it was it was a curious, very sci-fi moment. But Neil deGrasse Tyson talked about this, and he goes, you know. If you did that and you soaked up all the energy from the sun, you would be vaporized. I mean, there's nothing okay, about the science you know that actually makes sense. But it is Star Wars, so it doesn't happen. Yeah, I have to interject. I love Neil. I love him. But this is one time where he needs to shut the fuck up because, really, he's being a <laughs> pop his ass yeah. about it. Sorry. Lifesavers. So. Lifesavers, dude. The Force. Okay. Wookiees. <laughs> Come on. I know. I have to. I know. I have to, it's, it's, it's my skeptic side, and it, it's hard for me, you know, sometimes to suspend my disbelief and go, you know, not be yeah. like one of those, you know, um, everything wrong with X, Y, and Z. Um, be like, wait yeah, a minute. But, you know, yeah, I, I suspended my disbelief for that. My problem and is was the plot. is it just me, or did they create a twin sun galaxy then, effectively? Since, I mean, the, the planet kind of blew up, but it kind of left a little sun behind. So I was kind of like, oh, is this now a twin sun galaxy? Like, what's going on there? Or, yeah. and wait a minute. Another question I have, did it blow up a planet that we know, or is it just some randomized? It was a random thing. Right. The Hosnian system. Okay. It wasn't the core, the core, the core world. I think, it was the I Hosnian think other, system. Other than Jakku, I don't think they really went into a lot of world building specifically like they have in other other films where, you know, like we're going, we, you know, you normally got like two or three major planets involved. 
or different systems. This was just sort of a generic Death Star number three, but it was, you know, four or five times as big. Uh, than than, well, the, than the what the second dark, than the second Death Star the first the first Death Star was only a tenth of I think the size of the second Death Star. Yeah. Well, I think the other I, weakness I think, in this, yeah, I think another weakness in this movie is is uh is the the main master villain dude Snoke joke name. Who the just, fuck uh, is that guy? <laughs> right. <laughs> that oh, he was in Planet of the Apes. That was, you know what? That's Andy Serkis. I couldn't believe half of, you know, Simon Pegg was in this movie. Warwick Davis, all these different and J.J. Abrams had to tag yeah. out his list of people from Lost, from Heroes, from everything. Boy, just Game of Thrones. Yeah, it was, oh yeah, yeah. Did you hear about, you hear about Daniel Craig? Daniel Craig. Yeah, Daniel, uh, yeah, Daniel, Daniel Craig. Craig. In the mind, then my yeah. scene when Ray tricks him to uh, release the binders and leave the door open. Oh, and leave your gun. Yeah. You know what they credited him? You know what his stormtrooper ID was? What? JB007. No. JB007. That was in the credits. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I love Pretty funny. You guys, hey, I got a What's that? I have a logic, a logic question. Okay, so sure, sure. we all we all speculated a couple of months ago, like, oh my God, is there going to be another Death Star? And lo and behold, here's another Death Star. So why are they trying to build a Death Star again to suppress all of these rebellions and whatnot? What's the large plan? Okay, they already blew their load. They know they're criticized <laughs> up and down third Death Star. So what are they doing? What? That they got two well, more big films to do and all these other fillers. What's the major thing? Are they prepping for the Vujan Vong invasion? Do you guys uh, or study get it right now? I, I hope not. I, I think I think I got a, I got a good answer for you. Is that they they obviously invested a lot of money in this technology, and so they're just going to keep on using it. You know, they got they got a lot of you know it's like a startup, right? You know, they have a lot of momentum in this sort of technology. They're just going to make it bigger and better until they get it right. You know. All right. Oh, know. But right. You know, that, that's the, that's the tech sector answer. Now I want to hear from the storytellers because there's some good minds in this group. What do you guys think? What's the larger scope? Are they doing this for a bigger reason, or are they just trying to build the same thing over and over again just to use it? They're just they're work. No. It's a distraction. It's a distraction for something else they're doing. I don't know. That's what I was thinking. Hoping. It's hard you know, to tell I, when. I think that this show just – oh, go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say it's hard to tell motives of, like, the big power groups when we don't really know a lot about them. Like, there's just kind of this assumption that – well, the resistance is kind of like the Rebel Alliance, and the First Order is kind of like the Empire. But there's a new republic, and they don't really explain the relation between all of them very well. They, they, do, say, they do say that they're very afraid of the republic, republic supporting the Jedi and that the Jedi will rise again. There seems to be a lot of fear around a lot of talk about fear in this movie and and definitely around the this new jedi and the fact that i mean look if, if the force is leveled up like it has like everything's getting leveled up like the, the death stars are bigger and everything and it's just like let's wipe out everybody in one blow so they have to be a lot of fear about this jedi so i think we're going to see some uh, next level akira shit in these next movies that's all i'm saying oh well this new death star took out five targets at once with the other one just had right. one pinpointed green laser right 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 
So that's my now it's the red laser. Story wise and plot wise, it's just going to be it's it's all leveled up. You know, there it's just it's just another means to make the series even bigger and more intense than it it has been. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All I know Which is, is I hope the Yuzhan Vong have nothing to do with it. You hope the what? The the Yuzhan Vong. Jesus, I hope that they're 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 basically yeah. like the Borg, in a way. Oh, yeah, okay. I actually didn't really like him, honestly. No. That's another sort of element to the EU. I just like, eh, okay, come on. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Biff, I had a theory. I had a theory I want to share with Biff about who this Snoke guy is. And I think, I'm thinking maybe he's one of the, uh, like, the informants no. that, the, that the Empire, the Emperor is talking to in Jedi. Like, he goes over and he talks to these, like, consultants <laughs> at one point no. in the movie. Maybe the guys in the purple robes. I had heard. Yeah, yeah. What about the Darth Plagueis? I had heard it's supposed to be Darth Plagueis. Yeah. That's what that's I heard. Right. That's who I heard it is. That's what well, I heard as well. Yeah. I hope not. He, he said, I hope not. Did he, he said that he had the ability to create life, right? Huh. Darth Plagueis the wise had the ability to create life. Oh, boy. So Here we if go. He, if, well, he killed, well, if he killed his teacher, then maybe his teacher could come back to life. Here, here's here's something that kind of hints at it. Why, there why is, hide under a stupid name? Yeah. <laughs> oh, are you kidding? That's, that's, well, and that's that's the the MO. It's deception. Yeah. yeah. There you go. So, so here, here's something that's interesting. So, so during the Darth, uh, I mean, excuse me, Snoke, Snoke scene, they were <laughs> playing a very similar uh, 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 bit of music, a piece of music, of when. Right. And, um, that happens in Revenge of the Sith when oh. Palpatine is talking about Darth Plagueis the Wise uh, when him and uh, well they're watching the water opera whatever that was happening God. it was a single sort of tone it was like oh yeah yeah and the title <laughs> for that track was Plagueis or something like that. The title for that track in, uh-huh. in Revenge of the Sith was Plagueis. Uh-huh. And then a very similar song was, yeah, it was played during Snoke scene and they called it Snoke. So I think, uh, I think John also Williams... Before, also before the temper, the, the temple slaughter, right? Or, or no, when, mm. uh, right before uh, Anakin no, that, falls, that he takes that meditating music at sunset when he's about to go uh, kill uh, um, Mace Windu. I think it's the same music there, right? Um, I uh, think similar. it have been different, but it's it's around there. Was that. A very yeah, specific, there was a very very specific. Yeah, that's a very good. Who is that? <laughs> Who is, is that you, Flynn? <laughs> yeah, that's me, Flynn. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, you know, I have, and, I I want to say though that like the introduction of Snoke was so so much of a letdown. He just looked like a giant golem, okay? Yeah, just, yeah he, he did. Looked just like glad he, I'm just glad he wasn't that big. I'm like, yeah, who the yeah. fuck yeah. is this guy? It was huge. So He's like the size of an addict. I actually thought the same thing, too. camera on the floor, so he's actually looking down the floor. He's actually about three feet tall. Yeah. yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, probably. I was like, "Who is this?" I was well, actually. Really yeah. is. <laughs> yeah, I was relieved when it was a hologram. I was like, "Oh, thank God, he was yeah, just a huge, God. deformed baby." Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh my jeez, that was hey, so. so it would have been worried. It would have been so much better if they just like he appears. He appears and he's like towering and everything. You can't really see him. He's this vague guy. But you know what? Like Snoke, I was not afraid of him at all. He just seems like this really cautious guy. Like he he didn't evoke any sort of fear or malice. You know, he didn't like choke. Yeah. He didn't choke a bitch, right? He didn't say, "You failed me, you know, Kylo Ren, and I'm gonna choke you across the galaxy," or just, like do something. He was just like, "Oh, well, that's too bad." Hmm. Why don't you, you come over? Why don't you come over to my house? You know, like leave the planet, go pick up your friend, come to my house. I'll have a hot cocoa waiting for you. It's okay. They flew us to that planet. Hot cocoa, that's um, Yeah. Well, then, for that matter, Black. I wasn't really afraid of Palpatine at first in yeah, when he was either. first introduced in Jedi. I was like, who is this old guy? Vader could crush him. And no, that's not the case at all. No, it's probably going to be a slow burn. One thing I really think yeah. is interesting is we were talking about how, you know, we talk about Darth Plagueis the Wise. You remember when they're on the sky bridge and Kylo Ren turns to his father and he says, you know, my master is wise. Yeah. I'm not saying. Yeah. I'm not saying. Okay, yeah. Like, it could wrong. be, I hope, it's just a coincidence. It's but, probably I hope know. not. That's a good catch, though. That's really interesting. Oh, you know what? You know yeah. what? There's another uh, There's another callback to that in Attack of the Clones, where uh, Anakin and Padme are talking in that meadow. And uh-huh. he says they can't, if they can't come to an agreement, someone should make them. And she says, who's going to make them? You? No. Someone wise. Oh. oh yeah. Well, there you go. Okay, now that's Dorky trilogy right there. I like that. <laughs> hey, um, I was speaking of villains. I was thinking like about the villains surrounding this movie, where the people running around spoiling everything for audiences. Did anybody hear about these stories? Yes, yeah. Did not, yeah. I did, we didn't uh, hear any. I tried to avoid all those. None of our friends ruined it, so we're pretty grateful. Um, I think probably because they knew we would have junk punched them if they had. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so, Don't do that. Yeah, you know. I actually, I oh, go ahead. I actually reported a couple of posts for a, a spam or a problem post because it was just like so blatant what they were posting. It was like, dude, don't do that. It was like Saturday or Sunday that I saw this. Oh, like you know, next weekend or or like what we're doing, we're on a you know consigned you know group talking about it, but that was just bullshit. So I reported it, man. Fuck that. Good, good, because, you know, that's just being, that's just, it's not fighting the man, it's being a douchebag. Yeah. Um, we've only got yeah. a couple more minutes left in the show. In fact, we've only got three. So I just want to say one thing, that uh, Han Solo, yeah, he died, but you know what? Even the way he died was cool. He, the way he he went out. He's he's more legendary now than he was, you know, back then to me. So he he did it. He did. It, he went out well. You know, still forgiving. His Just hope he comes back. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I was yeah. like, I was I was sitting there watching a ghost and like, oh my god. Yeah. That that is Han Solo. That's that's Han Solo. Yeah. I just I watched Han Solo. Die. So good. He was so no. good. I loved everything. Is that the first time Harrison Ford has died? Yeah. In a movie? It's the first time. Think about that. Yeah. I can't know. Uh, I don't did know. He did he die? Air Force One? <laughs> he didn't die in Air Force One, though, did he? Wait. No, obviously. Didn't he die in yeah. that What Lies Beneath? Yeah, he did die in What oh, Lies Beneath. Oh, okay. Ah. Okay. Oh, All right. you know what, though? No, he did die in Mosquito Coast, didn't he? Yeah, I, I think that. he did die oh, in that, too. Yeah. 
Yeah. Wow. Well, hey, uh, uh, he probably fell into like a lead-lined fridge at the bottom of the Death Planet, uh, and when it blew up, he got tossed out. Totally In a lot of ways, he Carbonite. did die there too. In a lot of ways, and he yes. died there too. Yes, he did. <laughs> hey, check out the wow. You guys no this. For theories, everybody should check out the the dad theory about Han and Kylo Ren. It's really interesting. Okay. Check that we'll out. We'll put up links to that, but we've got only a minute left. So, Spectre, can I get you to? <laughs> would you like to take us out and um, <laughs> spend? It, I already. We should have made this a three-hour show. I'm telling you. Oh man, I, I don't think there's. You know, <clears throat> before we go, there, there was the, the movie theater that I saw, uh, Force Awakens, at, at Alamo Draft House. They did a competition where you could send in your photo. If you had a Star Wars tattoo, you could send in your photo. And they had this big thing in, in Dallas and Texas where they, they'd get presumably the biggest Star Wars fans in the country or the most tattooed. If you, if you don't have a Star Wars tattoo like me, got them all there and they watched the first six movies. Then they repeatedly watched The Force Awakens until one person was left awake in the movie theater. And uh, that person won a year's a year's worth of free movies, a bunch of Star Wars stuff. One person watched The Force Awakens on a loop for 47 hours and stayed oh awake. Oh my God! Wow. And, uh, and won this competition. Everybody else fell asleep after 47 Jesus, hours. Jesus, did they have a catheter wow. or something? <laughs> they must. <laughs> Gotta have be. Gotta be. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, in the everybody. Show. Thank you for being. We're still going to be recording even after we got off the air. So in archives, you'll still hear this. So I want to thank. Um, I want to thank the animator. And the I want to thank. Um, that thank happened. you, Bug. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I want to thank um, Flynn and um, Alan from um, Gosh, mm. just Lightsaber Academy, Golden Gate Knight, New York um, Jedi Academy. Um, thank you, Night Owl from uh, the Real Life Superheroes Movement, and uh, my co-host Vector and my board guy Nightbug. You guys are amazing. Like I said, we could have all gone on with this for at least three hours, and I think the next time we we get together and talk like this, we'll have to drinks at someone's house and just talk all night about Star Wars. Yeah, you're right. Talk oh, yeah. I got idea. I do. We'll see you on <laughs> <right. laughs> Thanks, oh, y'all. May the force be with you. I got some Star Wars trivia, and for, also for, with you for, for Bug. Hey, who, so you just were playing the uh, Mos Eisley Cantina song. Who yeah. were the musicians who played that song? What was the name of the band? Uh, the musicians were, they were all Biff, and the band yeah. was Figrin Dan and the Modal Nodes. That's Mo- great. <laughs> That's good. What was the name of the actual cantina? What was the name of the cantina? Mel's Diner. No. <laughs> uh, that was, uh, it was Chalman's Cantina, right? You got it. That's great. Wow. All right. We got some competition now. I told you. It's scary. Good luck. You're going to need it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's the place. (laughs) You know what I love about that cantina? It's the place where we don't like you and our friends don't either. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I think we're going to have to plan a get-together somewhere, um, like, to do just what I said. Um, and we're probably going to have to meet in the middle of the country somewhere because I know we've got people on the East Coast, like Spectre and Reddington, and us on the West Coast, and, you know, somewhere in the middle. We'll just have to have a Star Wars weekend. That's it. Don't Beer, that. Star Wars, you know. Oh, no, that we're absolutely doing that list. 
sorry. <laughs> no Neil Tice DeGrasse joke. Um, so thank you guys again so much. Um, we'll put up links to everything we mentioned tonight. And, uh, I, you know, there's only one thing to say at the end of the show, isn't there, Alan, Inspector? And yeah, that would do be it. Let's do it. May the force be with you. May the force be with you. May the force, the force be with you. Happy with Christmas, you. everyone. Always. Always. Happy Christmas. <laughs> Peace. Bye. Peace. Bye-bye. May the force be with you. Under control, situation normal. What happened? Uh, I had a slight weapons malfunction, but uh, everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? We're sending a squad up. Uh, uh, negative, negative. We have a, a reactor leak here uh, now. Give us a few minutes to lock it down. Uh, large leak, very dangerous. Who is this? What's your operating number? Uh, boring conversation, anyway. Whoa! We're gonna have company!